The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Time for our weekly music spot with D. Reddy and John Cadell. And I there said earlier, what's the connection between Bono and U2 and Brendan Boyer, singer of the Hucklebuck? You know everything about music, so I'm sure you'd know the answer to that, wouldn't you? I th- both repeatedly ignore your requests for interview. <laughs> well, I had to tell you actually. I think you're being. Brenda Boyer died two years ago in Las Vegas. In okay. Las Vegas, so are I, you being mean and suggesting that that is where musicians go to die? No, I'm not. God, I wouldn't want to be offensive Good to Brenda Boyer in relation to that. He was a big hit in Las Vegas. Yeah. He went there and played for many years. Okay, so I'm just saying that the Irish show band scene at one stage transferred to Las Vegas and played the venues there because they were popular, which now seems to be what U2 is heading towards. Except U2 aren't muck. Um, yeah, no, there, there <laughs> seems... Sorry, the Hucklebuck <laughs> was one of the most popular songs of the 1950s yeah, or 60s Yeah, but you didn't have much, Ireland. did you, really? You didn't have much. It was like all Bobby V and all those other lads when you were young. Here, anyway, listen, very talented live musicians now, mm, JC. Yeah, but still muck. Um <laughs> Yeah, what, what's this? I, I think the inference that you've been making, Matt, uh, maybe may unspoken, but certainly uh, tongue-in-cheek, is that uh, this is where successful mus- musicians go for their salad days and to sort of top up the pension when they've nothing left creative to say. It is, it, like, it's a funny thing, though, because I think there is there is a kind of l- lasting kind of idea that it is where stars who are past their prime go. And it comes from like the 70s and 80s where... If you've seen the Elvis movie recently, the whole last section is set in his declining years in Las Vegas. But he just happened to be declining physically when he was... When he was... uh, But he he had very successful, lucrative um, residencies there before that period. Unfortunately, we just think of Elvis and that period because both the decline of the city and the decline of the artist happened to happen at the same time. But like in the 1950s, like the yeah. the musicians were bigger names, like were, were, were a bigger draw than the the gambling was, I mean, which you, is yeah, incredible. You think of the Rat Pack and they were the ones yeah. who, they, they sort of like defined a Las Vegas residency. I mean, Sinatra was far uh, and Liberace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sinatra yeah. was like, completely li- tied to the mob which was running Las Vegas yeah, at the time if before ta- it was cleaned up as it is now. Yeah, but it wasn't just Sinatra. Like you had Ginger Rogers, even Ronald Reagan did a residency there. Like there was massive, massive big names in that sort of period. And not in their declining years. Not either. at all. Like huge stars. And I think what you're seeing now, probably since Celine Dion um, had huge success with her. She's done two residencies yeah, there. Yeah. Um, both of which are, I think they're the top two in two, terms of what yeah. they've grossed. But like ever since then, other art, like younger artists have, t- have taken an interest in it as, as a really, really kind of credible thing okay, to do. Okay, well tell us what's been reported that you two are about to do because this has not been confirmed as yet. Yeah, it's still only a story that's doing the rounds um, but it seems to have gotten legs and there seems to be some amount of truth to it. I'm sure if anybody connected with you 2 is listening they will correct us if they can. Uh, but you 2 are by all accounts uh, set to undertake a residency at a brand new Las Vegas venue uh, called the M. MSG Sphere at the Venetian Hotel. Now, this uh, apparently is costing $1.8 billion to construct. It'll open next year. So it's going to be an enormous venue. I think th- there'll be 20,000 standing fans or 17,500 seated spectators 
each night. Yeah. Now, if mm. I know if I know anything about you two, um, they're all about the show and they're all about, mm. you know, pushing the boundaries of technology when it comes to their live performance. So I would imagine if it's true that the hook for you two is that this is going to be a show unlike anything that anybody has ever seen from a technology point of view. I can imagine that is what hooked them in. It's not a case of, okay, well, we can't, uh, we're not able to go around the enormous domes of the world anymore (laughs) because that's far from the truth. You two are one of the the top two highest grossing acts in the world. So, I mean, Bono was always banging on about wanting to stay relevant. So if there was any stink of uh, declining uh, you know the 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 autumn of their careers yeah. in this they so would run this, a mile. I would argue this is actually a good way for them to continue because they don't have the physical strain Absolutely. of travelling place to place. There's also the environmental savings and not well, actually that's what I was gonna say constructing as well. the yeah. stage from the so apparently the idea is they wouldn't play consecutive nights or mm. they wouldn't be playing two shows a day like Elvis was yeah. made to mm. do. They might do maybe a couple of shows a week over a period of time. Yeah, yeah. and that's what a lot of the, the Vegas performers do. I mean uh, talk about residencies, Billy Joel plays Madison Square Garden once a month every month and around that he does uh, touring in various places in Europe and the US. So it's, it's, you know, you two will probably, if they're doing it, you two will probably be tied to a number of dates, but around that they can do whatever they want. And in fairness, the 1.8 billion it costs to construct it is a drop in the ocean compared to what these sort of residencies make in terms of ticket sales. Yeah, but I would imagine it'll be like a phenomenal looking show. Mm. Listener here, I'm a lifetime fan of you two, but why don't they do a long-term residency in Dublin instead and bring all that tourism into their home economy? Can you imagine the Croke Park Residents Association reaction to that one? Well, I suppose the, the, point, the three arena isn't big enough no. No. to accommodate the size of the audience but, they can get in and Vegas. And we don't have all the hotel capacity in Dublin. I mean, and, Vegas is there to bring people into hotels. There's yeah. no other reason for it. And also, we don't have enough of that size of venue that we could, well, aside from Joanne McNally in Vicker Street, that you can allow one artist to take it over for mm. such a long period of time. Yeah. Anyway, I maintain that in years to come, touring will be very much a novelty. It'll be all residencies, I reckon, in years to come. You know, I think people, I was saying this to somebody yesterday, people will look back in years to come and they'll go, hang on, so a band used to take five articulated trucks Mm. across the world uh, at months at a time and set up a stage in a different city every night and take the stage down four hours later and bring it to another city. So what are you suggesting? That the same stage would be left in the three arena and different? No, No? I'm saying that bands... Uh, and it's only a hunch that, that bands and artists will actually base themselves in a city and the audience will come to them. I'm just looking at those who have done residencies, which have brought in the most money in Las Vegas. Cher. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Elton John, twice, yeah. different tours. Uh, Britney Spears. Yeah. Celine Dion, as we've mentioned, has the, it's top, the top two. two. Yeah, and the expectation is Adele will be the biggest. Yeah, yeah but like, but there's 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 loads more artists than that that aren't on the the top ten earners. Like, and like Calvin Harris, Bruno Mars, Mariah Carey, yeah, Motley Crue, Boys to Men, um, Rod Stewart, Shania Twain, Def Leppard. Yeah. you're wearing the t-shirt, mm-hmm. so there you go. Yeah. There's a listener saying Radiohead are doing a residency in Vegas next year for three months. Really? No, Radiohead? No, Radiohead. They couldn't believe that, wouldn't they? They've no plans to do anything. Mike says, the start of U2's decline, they haven't done anything new, let alone good, this century. Have you but seen, this is something new. Have you seen U2 live, uh, Mark, is it? They're <laughs> it still is phenomenal. Mike, Mike. Mike, they're still absolutely yeah, phenomenal. But hang on, they're phenomenal playing 
their old oh, music. Oh, here we go. No, hold on. We've this is a relevant this. point. No, sorry. This is a relevant point if we're talking about them playing residencies mm. in Las Vegas. That maybe what they do need is a venue to be brilliant doing the music of which they were best rather than touring new albums that people don't really measure up to the old standards. I think the time you two have only ever done one um, nostalgia tour and that was the Joshua Tree tour in 2007. Mm-hmm or 2017, the very following year they went on the Songs of Experience tour, I think, which was very much based around Songs of Experience album and the Songs of Innocence tour, which was 2014, 15, I think. That was a concept tour as well around the songs on that album. Mm. I don't think you two are the type of band who are going to sit back and go, we haven't written anything good in the last 20 years, let's be honest, or at least that's the public perception. So let's just uh, let's just uh, focus on the old stuff. They're not that type of band. As I listen here with a little dig, there are plenty of large venues in Amsterdam if you two wanted to do a home residency. Oh, that's very good, yeah. <laughs> Another one, let's be honest, you two's decline started after Actum Baby. They haven't been relevant since. They're just a commercial behemoth these days, says Ger. Banned in selling massive amount of records, shocker. <laughs> And another one, even you too wouldn't pay the hotel prices in Dublin. <laughs> okay, listen, let's get picks of the week before we get on to other chat. Dee, what are you going for? Uh, this week, Matt, I am going for a single. It is the first single of 2022 from Jesse Ware. Um, and it's just a bit of an infectious banger, I think. It's very disco infused. Um, and it immediately caught my ear when I listened to it. It's called Free Yourself. Like that. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It is. What's your pick, John? Uh, Well, this is an interesting one as far as I'm concerned. Um, It's difficult to find this one. It's not so much an album as a playlist that the band have created. Manic Street Preachers have uh, a career-spanning Spotify playlist called Sleep Next to Plastic, which is all of the covers that they've recorded over the years that appeared as B-sides or maybe they were live tracks for BBC Radio 1. But they've collated them all together. There's 37 of them in total. But the really interesting one is uh, a smaller playlist uh, called Sleep Next to Plastic Exclusives, which is 15 covers that have never been available commercially before to stream. Uh, and to, to sort of kick it off, they have recorded a version of Madonna's Borderline, which, as we all know, is her best song. It's a brilliant uh, song. Manic, Manic Street Preachers are incredible at covers. They're absolutely... They, like, people think they're miserable gits, but there's a, a definite humour in Manic Street Preachers. And they do... And brilliant uh, performers. Oh, live. incredible. But what we've always said, I've always said about Manic, about covers, is that if you're going to do a cover, make it sound like your band. Yeah. And they absolutely do that. Every cover that they do. And it's not just because James has such a, a, a distinctive voice. Just listen to them tackle Borderline. So it's not John Lewis Christmas ad covers? It, no, absolutely not. This, this is them doing Madonna's Borderline. Something in the way you love me won't let me be. 
It's an interesting version, isn't, isn't it? it? It's great. Yeah. It's actually, it's a cool version as well because I think it kind of shows how with a really well-crafted pop song, it's the arrangement that really grounds it in a moment in time or a period. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Listener says the preachers opened for Bon Jovi last time they were in Dublin. They Remember, did. they were terrific, <laughs> much better than Bon Jovi. They played a cover of "Sweet Child of Mine," still gives me goosebumps. That's actually on this new playlist. Is it? It's a live version of "Sweet Child of Mine" recorded about four or five years ago, and it's like he has the Gibson. He's doing the the classic slash sound. Class. It's brilliant. So check out the playlist. There's all sorts of great stuff. A on listener it. says "Songs of Innocence" was a great album. Yeah. Another one says "I Hate You Too." I think it stems from asking a guy to my Debs twenty years ago. He said he'd go to the Debs if he couldn't get you two tickets. Ah, it took him a month and he got the tickets. You know, says priorities. But like, I mean, surely the polite thing to do there now would be to offer to bring her to you too. I miss her Debs. Well, at least you'd have the option, John. Well, I don't know. That sounds that's to me like <laughs> trying to take over the, the poor girl's night. Okay, another listener says, oh, okay, this is a more serious oh. one. Uh, highly offended granddaughter of a Royal Show Band musician here. The Royal Show Band were Brendan Boyer's band. They were top of their game and I can tell you firsthand they were fantastic musicians. Has a residency for six months out of the year for about three to four years. They made millions, which is more than that plonker who called the muck can say. Well, uh, in- I believe that was... Uh- that was for you to take, yeah. John. Yeah. yeah. In response, yes. No, no, I think actually we just leave the listener have their say and yeah, we yeah, move yeah. on. Yeah, well, we move any on to other taken apologies. Okay. Yeah. Mercury Prize nominations. What are the best of the nominations? D. Um, yeah, so the shortlist uh, includes uh, Harry Styles, Jesse Buckley and Bernard Butler, uh, who are flying the Irish flag there. Wet Leg, I remember when I had them as a pick of the week, John was less than impressed with their name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Little Sims, uh, Sam Fender and Yard Act, uh, another name that you will absolutely love, JC. No, no I don't, don't see it on a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the Irish contingent, uh, well, Bernard Butler, uh, late of suede, his parents are from Dunleary. Okay. And uh, Jessie Buckley, isn't she? Hasn't she she's, also... She's a, she's a Kerry woman. Yeah, Kerry yeah. woman. Yeah. She's, not she's Kerry, an actress. She's an actress. Yeah. She's yeah. from Kerry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the Irish interest for this year anyway. All right. Well, actually, well, let's hear a little bit of music from one of the nominees. This is uh, this aforementioned Wet Legs. This is Chaise Long. Is your mother worried? Would you like us to assign someone to worry your mother? Excuse me? What? Excuse me? <laughs> you seem to enjoy it a bit more that time round, John. Yeah, no, I think they're a good band. It's a terrible name. Who's going to win that? Ooh, good question. Ooh, I don't Ooh. care. Oh, for goodness sakes. Uh, let's just say we hope that Jesse Buckley and Bernard Butler take it. No, Harry Styles. He could well win it, to yeah. be fair. Yeah, it's Harry Styles. 
Okay. I thought the Mercury Prize that went for more sort of out there stuff yeah. rather than conventional bestsellers. I don't know. There's so many of these little trinkets fl- fl- uh, f- being fed around now that it's hard to keep track. And this one says, wet leg, brilliant, brilliant music and mm. sense of humour. Yeah. Okay. You can, but like you can hear that even in that clip of that song. And in their name. A pulp reunion <laughs> for next year. Yes. Who wants that? Uh, Jarvis and his mates are going to play a few shows. No details left. There was um, a cryptic post, I think, on Instagram last week, which said, what do you do for an encore? Which, of course, is uh, one of the lines in their song. This is hardcore. 25 years since that album was released. It was their sort of post-Britpop come down yeah. album, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, the last time they reformed was 2010, I think. Uh, so they're going to do a number of shows next year, as Jarvis has told the Guardian newspaper at a live event. So that's that's good news. Very exciting. Yeah. And good news about Joni Mitchell, who had a brain mm. aneurysm back in 2015, but made a public appearance over the weekend. That's right. So she's not really been seen much in public since, but she surprised the crowd uh, in a in Rhode Island Newport, sorry Newport Folk Festival, and she came on stage and she performed uh, "Big Yellow Taxi" and both sides now and it was it was very emotional if you watch the video clip She's about eight songs which is the longest she's played since the year 2000 I think The Last Word with Matt Cooper Weekdays from 4.30 Today